Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, everybody. Good afternoon and welcome to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and David Sutton, and we're broadcasting live this afternoon from downtown Columbia in Marion County as these great folks down here get ready uh, for their big 4th of July celebration. Uh, JT just concluded his show, of course. Rebecca Turner and Good Things will be here after we conclude the Eagle Hour. All these broadcasts being sponsored by TMH, First Southern Bank, and Matt Grubbs Motors, and we want to thank them uh, for their support. And David, I want to thank you for coming down to Columbia today and helping us with the Eagle Hour. I wouldn't miss it. It's a beautiful day for a great event and uh, get to uh, mess around with you for an hour on the air. What more could I ask for in life? Yeah, I'm making all these big bucks. That's, on top of I mean, the, the bonus check will pay for my entire 4th of <laughs> July celebration tomorrow. Opening segment of the Eagle Hour every day, of course, is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and we always want to thank them for their support of the show. And, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. You can uh, enjoy their delicious fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory-smoked brisket, and other great meats that they cook in-house every day. And, of course, Dickie's will cater any event for you, large or small. So we're in downtown Columbia. We're right here on the courthouse uh, grounds with the uh, famous Marion County Courthouse behind us. And going to reach out over to Jacksonville, Florida this afternoon to uh, to talk to a hometown hero who has an indirect connection as well with the Eagle Hour. Logan Cook is the punter for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he joins us. And Logan, we're glad to have you on the show. Thank y'all for letting me be on. Thank y'all for letting me be on. Well, Logan, we're glad to have you. And before we get started about your career, I want to ask you about your connection to one of the co-hosts of this show. He's not with us here today, but uh, tell our listeners how you and Luke Johnson know each other and what role Luke may have played in uh, the career that you're now enjoying. Oh, man. I don't usually talk too good about him, but I'm proud. But uh, (laughs) we we became... Um, pretty much buddies ever since he started working with me when my dad kind of was looking around for someone to teach me, I guess, the right way to punt a football and the right way to ran to Luke. And, uh, man, Luke's just been turned into more of a buddy than a coach, um, I guess, even my later, later years of high school. But, um, no, he, he's a good dude, man. We stay in touch all the time. And uh, uh, he's definitely played a big role in my life from a football aspect, but also, you know, just, um, I guess, kind of being a mentor in my life, too, just someone to talk to when I need him. Now, of course, you went to Mississippi State. We understand you grew up going to Southern Miss football. And, of course, Luke uh, played football at Southern Miss. What what was he able to teach you, Luke, that you uh, – I'm sorry, Logan, that you think helped you uh, get where you are today? Um, well, I guess the whole basics of football. My dad worked for me a lot. Um, 
kid you know, I want to learn how to punt and all that stuff. And, um, I guess Luke kind of showed me, I guess, the right way to punt. Um, um, I mean, I never had really worked with anyone so I worked with Luke, so he, he kind of taught me the whole basics of it. Um, kind of once I got more, I guess, more developed punter and kicker, he kind of would, would critique what I did. Um, so, I mean, I guess just pretty much he, he kind of gave me my kickstart to where I am now. Hey, uh, this is uh, David, and I just wanted – I'm just curious when it comes to the kicking game – when you talk about football, it's it's amazing when you we, we, the people that we've had on the show and all, and when they talk about the difference in the speed from high school to college and then from college to pro. But there might be some people might think in kicking, you're just going to get it, you kick it, and, and and that might not be that big of a difference. I'm just curious now that you are are facing world class athletes, is the speed of the game does it does it really factor into the kicking game at, at all or as much as, as, as someone might think it might? Man, it does for sure. And that's something that even in high school, I didn't know how fast college would be. You know, playing the FCC, there's some pretty dang good athletes. And um, But even going from college to now, you know, we, we, I face some pretty good returners. Uh, Speedy Noel and Christian Kirk are probably two of the best I ever faced. And Cyrus Jones. But, um, I mean, when I got to the NFL, you, you play a Cyrus Jones and a Christian Kirk every week. And that's something that I had to learn and develop as a punter was even in college, if I was, you know, if I was in the open field, I was just catching it and booming it. If I was close to the 50 or, or you know, close to the end zone, then I was trying to thin them deep. But that was pretty much the only aspect of punting that I would focus on. And now in the league, we, you know, I probably hit – out of at least six different punts throughout the season, um, just different types of um, banana balls, cross field punts, um, just balls to mess the returner and throw them out of the game. And um, this year, we, whenever we played uh, Tyreek Hill in uh, Kansas City, we we hit him with just a punt called a banana ball, just a ball that most guys don't like to catch. And um, we hit him that all, all, all night long, and he didn't touch one of them. And I think we netted, I mean, 41, 42 yards. But, you know, he, he didn't touch a ball. And that's kind of a win on our part. But uh, not even just from returners, but also, I mean, gunners, uh, protectors, people rushing punts. I mean, it, it does speed up for sure. Well, who is the fastest? What's the best athlete that has gotten into the open field and you've been the safety valve who who is that person and, and, and give us the result I'm just curious as to uh, as you're saying some of these athletes I could only imagine if a Tyreek Hill were coming at me I would probably just go over to the side and let him go right by um well I think if I met Tyreek Hill in the open field, I would just hope and pray he tried to run over me because <laughs> I, I wouldn't stand a chance. But, uh, I don't know, man. I, uh, Luckily, I haven't had many people in the open field, but two of them that I mentioned earlier, Tyreek uh, Jones and Christian Kirk, at a um, Kirk uh, returned one on me and Tyreek Jones returned one on me. That was the only two ever had returned on me in college or NFL. And, um, I think Kirk was, uh, he, I didn't have a great angle and he hit the sideline and I, I kind of dove at his ankles but didn't make a tackle and then Cyrus Jones ended up getting blocked in the back and that was kind of a big stir up that night at the game because they didn't call it but um, that, that's probably the two best but luckily I hadn't had many, many open field possibilities so that's good. That is a good thing. Look, and I guess from what you're saying, there are no such thing as slow average players in the National Football League. 
Yeah, not, yeah, not at all. <laughs> Everyone is really, really, really fast and really, really, really big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, we've, uh, we're, of course, in your hometown here in, uh, in Columbia where you played high school football. And there's a fan of yours here in Columbia that uh, stopped by the set, and uh, he had a question he wanted to ask you. Is that, is that okay with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, go ahead. And, and I kind of got roped into this this morning, but uh, – Oh, to, to be on this call with you, son. Uh, I, I, and, and I want to answer that question about the uh, any slow players in the NFL. I'd say only kickers and punters probably. <laughs> That's and, and some quarterbacks. I, I, I fit in that category for sure. Well, I, and I was sitting there thinking a while ago, Dave, when you was asking him, you know, the different punts that he's learned since he's been in the NFL. So long we tried to teach him with Luke how to punt a pretty ball. I've seen the ugliest punts he's ever had in his life in the NFL, but they're by design, so I guess that's a good thing. See, that's interesting when he said that. That's the first thing that came to my mind, that as the casual fan you're watching and you think, oh, God, he didn't hit that real well, and and these guys are so good, that was 99 times out of 100 probably exactly the way he wanted to hit it. Yeah, you'd have to go and search that banana ball. It's a... Instead of spinning end over end, it's kind of a sideways, but that thing turns and it curves away from them, and it's designed to not even be touched. I know this year hey, they we, had a. We, uh, we ain't got to talk about it a whole lot because that's kind of a secret now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a safety this year due to a, a botched snap, a, a botched catch on a punt. And, but, you know, there's just so many different techniques and different things you can do with a football that most folks learn to do with a baseball or a golf ball that I didn't even know. And it's designed to help your net average and help your team field position. Lynn Cook is, of course, Logan's father, and we asked him to come by here. He is uh, with uh, one of the local sponsors that's put on the event here today, and uh, we we thought it would be a fun thing. Uh, I have to ask you this, and then we'll, we'll get back uh, to Logan here. How much pride is there when you see your son with a National Football League uniform? You know, uh, JT and I were talking about this a little earlier. You know, whether it's your, your daughter, your son, whether they're cheering or playing football or any other sport or in music, when you see them be successful in things that, that God has put in their life or avenues of interest, that's rewarding. And it's one thing to be proud and another thing to be prideful. And we're mighty proud of our children. Logan's situation right now playing football, uh, this is something that's an avenue for him and He's done extremely well. We're mighty proud of his work ethic and uh, just can't say enough about, you know, as a parent, you, you never think that you would ever experience anything like this, but it's humbling. Right. Uh, I'm having some trouble here in the studio, so uh, Dalton, you keep me advised now when we need to go into a break, please. Do you hear me? Yeah, I got you. We just wish bad at the break. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, all right. So we still have a couple minutes left before the break, I, I gather, is what he said. Hey, Javab, I have something for you before your next question. Uh, that uh, The punter you have on the phone, he averaged 45 yards a kick last year. Right. The great Ray Guy, for his career, averaged a little less than 45 yards per right? kick. So how about that? All right. We've got Logan Cook on the phone with us, punter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Logan, if you'll hang on, we've got a short break. We want to continue our conversation with you on the other side of the break. Eagle Hour, broadcasting live from Columbia, Mississippi. 
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back, everybody. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. David Sutton joining me, uh, Bob Getty, here in Columbia. Dalton Sanford back at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. And we appreciate uh, everybody tuning in this afternoon around the state of Mississippi. This segment uh, sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Great selection of Southern Miss apparel and school books and all sorts of stuff with the USM logo. You can uh, check them out on Hardy Street, or, of course, you can visit them at southernmiss.com. We are, I'm sorry, at campusbookmark.net. We're talking uh, to Logan Cook, who is the punter and, I just learned, the uh, the holder for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's from Columbia, Mississippi here as well. And uh, thus, we uh, enjoy having him on the show this afternoon. And a friend of our buddy, Luke Johnson. So, Logan, a couple questions for you, and then we'll let you go. Uh, I'm always curious to ask athletes this. You know, every every kid dreams of playing in the National Football League. And do you recall the first day that you took the field and you were standing there waiting on the snap and perhaps what was going on in your mind when you found yourself actually there in, in the big game? Um, yes, it was. I guess the, the first – you know, preseason is not really that big of a deal to some people, but for me, that's that was my first technically NFL snap, and so I, I, I'll, I'll refer to that one. But we were playing the Saints um, in Jacksonville, and it was the first preseason game, it's my first first snap, first punt. And um, it's funny because in preseason, the special teams coordinators kind of have like a, a good relationship, and they they kind of say the things, you know, tell each other, hey, we're going to rush this punt, we're going to hold up this punt, and try to work on some dips, some things, see some things, and. Um, my special teams coach had told me that in pregame, he said, look, um, I don't know the coach at the Saints, but he said, such and such said that, look, but they're going to rush the first punt, so just make sure, you know, you understand you got to get it off quick. So I, going out in the first punt, I knew they were coming after it, I mean, because they had told us. And um, it was kind of nerve-wracking, but, uh, I mean, I, it, it hit a, re- a really good ball. I think that was kind of like a big weight lifted off my chest. So I got that first one out of the way. But it was um, – it was really crazy in pregame, you know, just and it's kind of hit me right there because I, I was stretching on the field and I, I saw Drew running back and forth, you know, uh, right in front of me, and I, I, it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, it's Drew Brees. And Right. Now, what makes you more nervous? Is it is it taking the snap and punting or is it holding on extra points and field goals? Holding 100%. I really don't get that really? that nervous um, punting the football. In college, I would get, you know, nerves. Not necessarily nervous, but you kind of get in a groove. But, like, um, NFL, man, I really don't get nervous punting. Um, but field goals, for sure. And Josh Lambeau is a heck of a kicker. And he's, you know, one of the best in the league. And he was, uh, I know, last year when we played in London, he had one, he had one kick to tie the consecutive field goal record and two to break it. So the kick went out there to tie it on. It was, I don't know, like a 50-something yard field goal. Um, it was kind of damp. We were playing at Wembley Stadium. It was kind of damp over there. And the snap was kind of high. So the whole time I'm like, if I, if, you know, if I mess this up, like this is on me, you know. And um, so I, we, I got it down. And then the next kick uh, later in the game to break the record was a 59-yarder. And so the whole time going through my head is, you know, don't botch this stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Hey, look, on the um, on the holds, or no, we're not asking you to give away trade secrets, but do do, do they have plays for you that uh, that you guys run? And if so, is it are, are you wanting them to call that fake field goal for you to be involved, or the fake punt, or would you rather them hold that back in their pockets? No, I, I love it, man. I, I played I played both positions in high school, so I love the game of football. And any chance I get to run a fake, I get pretty excited. And we actually ran one last year um, at Indy, um, and we, we, we got you know, the field goal rollout pass to the tight end, and we got the first down. And um, it's, it's kind of fun to get to play quarterback again for a little bit. So you're one for one in the pros? One for one, man. I, I, I'm cool stopping and I'm kidding. Uh, I definitely like when they call. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, and you and you live in a beautiful area. I have a child that lives in Jacksonville, Florida. So uh, uh, life is pretty good right now. Am I correct about that? Oh yeah, it, it, the fishing isn't any better than it is right now this time of the year. And golf courses look good, so it's 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 a fun place. And someone told me, Logan. Now this could be wrong, but someone told me that when you got to Jacksonville and you got your contract, that you were the only guy in Jacksonville that bought a camouflage fishing boat. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm probably the only camouflage. <laughs> and I did not tell them that, but he said he does get a lot of attention when he goes I'm out. I'm guessing he does. Yeah. Uh, t- tell them about Christmas morning this year when you were not with your family and we FaceTime you. Where were you? Oh, yeah, I was duck hunting, but I was about – you can't be within 100 yards of a house, and there's a lot of marsh marsh stuff down there, but a lot of these big, nice houses live on the marsh. And I mean, Christmas morning, it was probably – I think shooting light was like 6.15, 6.30, and first ducks that come in, I let them have it and uh, woke up every dog in the neighborhood behind me. <laughs> I, I accused him of shooting ducks coming off the golf course. <laughs> Logan, I got one uh, actually NFL football-related question. Obviously, the excitement's got to be high for the Jaguars this year with Nick Foles coming in. I'm just curious as to what the uh, you know off season and you guys are about to start spring training and uh, and 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 just curious as to uh, what the attitude is around the team. Yeah, it's different, man. I wasn't there two years ago whenever they were you know went to the championship game and all that stuff, but uh, you know, seeing the atmosphere last year and seeing it this year, you can tell there's a lot more leadership on the team and kind of the team's um, a little more laid back, honestly. Um, I guess because we don't have a chip on our shoulder like we did last year, but um, you know, Nick, Nick's a great dude and um, he's really, you know, grabbed this team by the horns and said, let's go. So, I'm excited. All right, Logan, we really appreciate you coming on the Eagle Hour. Is there anything you want to say to your dad while we uh, have you two here in front of uh, listeners across the state of Mississippi? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I, that, that dude's done a lot for me, and I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, even the camp I just put on, he, he, he played a big role in helping get that together, and I didn't have to lift a finger. So um, appreciate that, but uh, I still whoop him on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'll probably beat you arm wrestling too. Son, you made us proud. Hey, Logan, thanks a lot, man. Best of luck to you this uh, year in the National Football League out there with the Jags, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on the Eagle Hour. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, Logan Cook, everybody, who, of course, is the punter and place kicker for or placeholder for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And, Lynn, we want to thank you for coming and, uh, Man, yeah. and sharing this segment. Uh, pretty unusual. We've been doing this show for three years. I don't guess we've ever had a player, an NFL player, and their dad on the show at the same, same time. time no. Well, I've been a father for 27 years. This is the first time that uh, I've ever been on air with an NFL player's son either. Uh, so. Right, right, right. so it is true, this rumor that I heard, that, that Logan may be the only fisherman in Jacksonville, Florida, with a camouflage boat. You know, he always said, uh, he always said Dad, if I ever get uh, drafted, and, and it really wasn't a dream until he got into second year of college, maybe. He said, if I ever get drafted, I'm going I'm to pull into Bass Pro Shop, and I'm going to buy whatever boat's on display. And I said, well, son, you just do that. And we hadn't thought anything about it. And that night after, uh, after the draft, and we're sitting there around the den and still kind of just in awe trying to figure out what all just happened. And uh, he looked at me, and he said, you know, I can get that boat now. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, uh, we got down to Jacksonville around Memorial Day to take his truck and some stuff to him. He had to fly down there uh, the following week when his exams were over. And so we had to carry some stuff to him, and we went boat shopping. And he said, Dad, you, you sure you don't mind? I said, Son, you work for this. This is, you know, go get you something. And so he did. He, he went and bought him one that uh, he could duck hunt out of, go five or six miles out, or fish in a lake. So, and he he has uh, he's gotten some attention from other I'm, fishermen. I'm guessing he has, yeah. Since most of them are powder blue, and oh yeah, all that kind of nasty yeah. ocean. Well, look, great pleasure, man. Talking thank y'all so, thank much. You so much. We appreciate we, uh, y'all being here today. We very much enjoyed uh, the conversation with you. Again. Yes, sir. I want to thank everybody for having us down here this afternoon. When we come back, we're going to be talking uh, to a lifelong friend of the greatest football player maybe ever who comes from Columbia, Mississippi. And, of course, that is the great Walter Payton. And Michael Mergens, our very own uh, lifelong Chicago Bear fan and a big fan of Walter Payton. Uh, we're going to have that conversation with him. I want to remind you that today's broadcast is sponsored by TMH by First Southern Bank, and by Matt Grubbs Motors. And, of course, we want to thank very much the Marion County Development Partnership for having us down here as we're getting everybody ready for Freedom Fest, which will be taking place Saturday here in downtown Columbia. Eagle Hour continues from Columbia right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Bob Getty and David Sutton. We're broadcasting live this afternoon from Columbia, right here on the Marion County Courthouse grounds as we get ready 
and the good folks here in Columbia get ready for the Freedom Fest that will be taking place in downtown Columbia. And, of course, that will be taking place all day Saturday. Hey, we've got some wristbands here that will get you in uh, after 4 o'clock Saturday for all the musical entertainment that's going to be taking place. And, of course, the large fireworks show. They're sitting right here on our Super Talk desk. So between now and the time that we finish and then Rebecca Turner comes on the air, if you want to come by, we'll be happy to give you some. And uh, that will get you in the nighttime activities absolutely free. I want to thank uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. Great place to have lunch five days a week. And, of course, a great place to enjoy dinner as well. And uh, lots of entertainment and, of course, some great Southern Miss uh, stuff for you to enjoy. Pictures and memorabilia that we think uh, you'll enjoy very much. The Freedom Festival here in Columbia is being sponsored by St. Luke's Home Health, the Church on Main, Duncan Engineering, Woodlawn Church, Samantha Albertson State Farm Insurance, Jack Morris Oil Company at Beals Collision Center and Trailer Sales, and uh, we thank them for that. going to be a great festival. If you uh, don't have any plans for Saturday, really can't think of a better way for you to spend the day than to come down here and celebrate the United States, of course, uh, and the birth of this magnificent country with the good folks here in Marion County. And you know, Michael, I, I mean, uh, sorry, David. I think I mentioned to you earlier, there's a, a monument right here on the courthouse grounds about the men and women who've served the military and lost their lives from Columbia. Stunning 48 men from this community killed in World War II alone. It's it's unbelievable. That, and I, my response was just think, that's, that's one small city in one small county in one of the lesser populated states and that it just shows you that there was no crevice of this country that went uh, 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 that went unscathed uh, during World War II. Another reason to celebrate the 4th of July and uh, and be proud of course that that you are an American. All right, so we're broadcasting in Columbia and uh, we quickly came to the conclusion that you can't do a sports talk show in Columbia, Mississippi without talking about their most famous native son who is considered by many people to be the greatest football player that ever lived. Walter Payton was born on July 25th, 1954 here in Columbia. And I'm reading from Wikipedia. American football running back who played for the Chicago Bears for 13 years, known as Sweetness. He was a nine-time Pro Bowl selection. Uh, he held at one time career rushing, yards, touchdowns, carries, yards from scrimmage, all-purpose yards. He was also very versatile and retired with the most receptions by a non-receiver in the history of the NFL and had eight career touchdown passes. He was voted, of course, into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the College Football Hall of Fame, and uh, Mike Dick uh, called him the greatest football player I've ever seen, but even more importantly, a greater human being. I asked our own Michael Mergens to come on the show and uh, talk to us a moment about Walter Payton. Michael, as you may know, was raised in Illinois, is a lifetime Chicago Bear fan, uh, has been to a lot of Chicago Bear football games, and really has a great feel, I think, for how Walter Payton from Little Columbia, Mississippi, is still seen today in Chicago, Illinois. Michael, put in perspective for our listeners, if you will, how the Bear Nation uh, still to this day feels about Walter Payton. 
he might as well have been born in Chicago in a native son. That's the, the mentality there, that he's as a part of that city as the team itself. And that just came down not only to what he did on the field, because you go on YouTube, you watch those old NFL films. Uh, it's incredible watching how he played but it's what he did off the field and how uh, he interacted with the community, the charities he helped support and that was something when I moved here thinking back to when I was a kid looking up to Walter Payton of course it, it was because he was a football player playing for my favorite team but at 7-8 years old I realized that this guy was different because every week it seemed like there was a news story that Walter Payton was at a local hospital donating things for kids or he was doing uh, Christmas present drives and all that. And even as a kid, I kind of I realized this guy's different. He's amazing on the field, but look at all this stuff that he's doing off the field. And that speaks to where he grew up. Uh, the state of Mississippi as a whole, because so many professional athletes from the state kind of follow suit, uh, more so than athletes from other states. It's just very obvious how giving and charitable the state of Mississippi is. So it's just, it's it's hard to talk about the Chicago Bears in any context, in any era, without bringing up Walter Payton at some point. All right, come November, Walter Payton will have been gone 20 years. But you told me something interesting this morning. If you go to a Chicago Bear football game, you still see a lot of people wearing number 34. He might as well be playing. I mean, that's how it is. That's how it is. You see some of the newer uniforms. And we talked about this on our morning show that it's kind of hard to buy jerseys nowadays because players just don't stay at one team as long as they used to. You don't have 13 years with one team anymore. Uh, they're always looking for that next great opportunity. So considering how much some of these jerseys cost, now you hesitate to go pick one up because next season player might be gone. But, yeah, you go to a Bears game anywhere, even away games. You're going to see a bunch of Walter Payton jerseys, and I'm one of them. I have always worn a Walter Payton jersey to every single Bear game I've ever been to. In this world of exploding offenses, all when you look at all-time leaders, essentially everyone is in the past 20 years. Walter Payton is still number two in all-time rushing yards, number two in all-purpose yards in the history of the NFL. And this isn't a, a, a world where defenses were allowed to do anything that they wanted to to bring you down, and they just couldn't get this guy down. And, 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 and Michael, obviously you know some stuff uh, with being a fan, but this guy was – was named the man of the year off the field. He, he's, I mean, a lot of times your heroes, sometimes, like Charles Barkley once said, hey, we're not role models, we're just athletes. Walter Payton was as good off the field as he was on, and that's saying something, is it not? And I think that's why Mike Ditka constantly Mike says he was the, the greatest football player that he's ever known, considering how long Mike Ditka's been in professional sports uh, because of that. Uh, and again, Again, that comes down to his upbringing and where he grew up and just the mentality of the state of Mississippi as a whole. Uh, when it comes to athletics, it's an extension of everything in so many ways that when you're on that field, you're representing not only who you're playing for, but you're representing yourself, 
your home, your upbringing, your family, and that's why you see so many Mississippi players uh, talk about their family and how influential their family was on them and that giving back to the community. And again, it's not unique to other places across the country. It just seems to be amplified here. And Walter Payton really set the standard. That's why they have the Walter Payton Humanitarian Award. And you see players uh, right before the Super Bowl every year. Well, now it's the night before the Super Bowl. Get that award, and it's just an opportunity to show uh, that it's not just about playing. It's not about being that superstar. You're in a position where a lot of young people are looking up to you. You're in a position where you can give back because of the, the money that you're making for this. And a lot of players will say they make too much money uh, because they're having way too much fun. Well, he uh, put his money where his heart was, essentially. Yeah, that uh, that award is absolutely one of the most coveted on that awards night before the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I, I don't mean this as, as kind of being sarcastic or funny either, but let's be honest, really Walter Payton wasn't on very good teams no. during that. You know, you're a fan, Mike, but you literally he was the only thing that – that Chicago had for many years on offense and still couldn't be stopped. Yeah, uh, and even with that Super Bowl team, that was the, the highlight of a very long workup to get that yes. team established. And then the following season, because of injuries and perhaps some egos got involved because of what had happened the, the previous season, that they never got back to that. And the reality that Walter Payton never even made a touchdown during the Super Bowl, which Mike Ditka has commented he regrets that. Uh, he, he wasn't thinking about how important that was to Walter Payton to make that happen in that game. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a long buildup. But you're right, to be able to accomplish what he accomplished, to break the records that he broke, and to play against defenses uh, that it was a different time. And we've talked to people who knew him, and he, he looked great on the field, but he was also hurt and off the field because of that, uh, but still managed to perform every week. I have to tell you, Michael, we're sitting here in downtown Columbia, this quaint little quiet southern town, and we're talking about Walter Payton, who to this day, 20 years after his death, remains an NFL icon and an icon in the city of Chicago. It's an amazing story. It's kind of cool. It really is. All right, Michael, thanks. Thank you. Eagle Hour, Eagle Hour will continue from downtown Columbia right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're glad you're with us this afternoon on a Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour, broadcasting from Columbia. And I want to thank the Marion County Development Partnership for having us down here this afternoon. Rebecca Turner, 
will be uh, on this set next, and uh, she'll be doing good things from here. As we're celebrating uh, really what's going to be a great Saturday, Freedom Fest here in Columbia. They've just got uh, all kinds of cool stuff, live music, arts and crafts, uh, sidewalk stuff for kids, cake decorating contest, uh, live music on stage, huge uh, fireworks show. And something that our buddy here, Scary Gary, would like, a 300-car drive-in. Gary, so 300 old muscle cars are going to be here Saturday. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a, like a mini tour in the coast. <laughs> right, it's kind of like a mini uh, Gulf Coast tour. That's exactly right. Your observations, you've been here all day, Scary. Your observations of uh, Columbia and Marion County. It is really a beautiful main street. I mean, you look up that street and you see American flags flying. I mean, there's buildings that have PA systems on them that plays music. I mean, all the businesses are open. I mean, they got it. Main Street is vibrant down here. I mean, it's they for have a small their own movie theater. Which, well, when I got here this morning, I, I looked. I was looking at it. You know, you don't see many independent movie theaters anymore. Showing Spider-Man and Toy Story Four, and you said it was crowded last. Oh night. yeah, and look, right now this is the afternoon matinee, and it's a good crowd over <laughs> That's there. That's right. <laughs> the afternoon matinee. Scary Gary, as you know, David, is the man responsible for all of these types of events. How many days a week, a year, do you spend on the road, Gary? A hundred or so. I mean, it varies. Some years are more than others, but it's a hundred, maybe 123. You literally travel from one end of the state to the other. I have seen... I have seen places in Mississippi I didn't even know existed. Well, here's a more important question that David and I were both curious about. How many nights have you spent on the bus with JT? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say we we uh, started going to Talladega long before I ever come to work uh, for here. And uh, <clears throat> you go over there and spend four or five days with four guys in an R- a rental RV. You right, you right. just you learn you learn how to how to take you know. Conserve your water, conserve everything, because you're there for, you know, four days. Oh, yeah, you've got to be self-contained when you roll into the infield of Talladega. They don't have it. They have ice trucks that drive around, but they just don't have the, the beverage trucks Correct. that drive around. So making a road trip with JT is nothing new for you? No, I mean, it's we've done football. We did, you know, we did five years on the road with football. I mean, we JT and I beat the Southeastern Conference down those years that we were on the road. I mean, and like he says, we've been to every SEC venue except Arkansas because we never had to go to Fayetteville. And Texas A&M and Missouri were never in the conference when we were doing it. And uh, it's it's really interesting going to the different football stadiums and seeing different parts of the country. And it was really a fun time. I mean, it was a lot of work, but, hey, it, it was really a fun time. I think that man's bringing you some flowers here. No, probably not for us, right? Now, David, you may not know this about Scary. He is a NASCAR guy. Huge Dana Kirkpatrick thing. Am I right? That was always my excuse. He'd say, who are you pulling for? And I'd look at him and go, they learn hard junior. And they'd go, huh? And I'd say, I'm just doing the football for the money, but I'm, I'm into racing. You know? Nobody understood me because... They said you just go left and keep turning, you know. I said, well, it's really not that easy. I mean, you sit. It's probably a little more to it. Well, right. You're in an oven and you're driving as fast as you can, and it's, you know, it's people. People don't understand it. I mean, it's it is a sport. 
I mean, I think Mark Twain once said, there's really three sports in the world and everything else is a game. Right. And that's auto racing, bullfighting, and mountain climbing. Because <laughs> any one of those, you could get killed doing. That's right. Sort everything like else is a sport. Highway 98. At about 5 o'clock on a Friday. On a Friday yeah. afternoon, right, David? That's right. David, your thoughts about sitting here at the home of Walter Payton and that conversation we had about uh, he, he may be the all-time iconic figure in, in professional football. Well, again, we, we talked about it on the 9 a.m. edition. I mean, literally right down that street where those cars are driving is a statue for Walter Payton. I'm, I'm an old guy. I remember when they unveiled that statue uh, a, a long while back. It's a, it's a great, I mean, I tell you, if you, if you come into the Freedom Fest, to stop by Columbia's high school football stadium and, and take a look at it. It's, it's worth it. But it is amazing how a guy uh, who uh, that great actually went under the radar back in the pre-social media days where he was recruited by junior colleges and the next thing you know he turns out to be if not one of the best uh, running back ever and you know we talked to you we had on Logan Cook um, uh, the punter earlier and we found out actually after we let him go that he was the next person drafted but in the NFL after Walter Payton, that's how from, from Marion County, County, from Marion County, they literally uh, Logan Cook, uh, our guest earlier, was the first player since Walter Payton um, that was drafted. So that was a really cool thing. And you know, again, being here talking about Walter, it's amazing. You know, Walt, I have to say this: Walter Payton played for Jackson State when they ran the pro set, and it was like there was more starting college football players from Jackson State than any other college in the history of Mississippi. All right, David, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Rebecca Turner's next. Freedom Fest Saturday here in downtown Columbia. Rebecca, Good Things comes up next. Hope you'll join us. Thanks a lot. Until next time, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.